the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. My name is Greg Davis, former NCAA Division I athlete, and the goal of this podcast is to shed light on the harsh realities of life after sports. My guest today is former professional and collegiate soccer player Kadeem Dakers. After beginning his collegiate career at Mercer County Community College, Kadeem went on to star at UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. His senior year saw him named America East Midfielder of the Year and First Team All-Conference, scoring seven goals and adding eight assists. Recognized as a tricky left midfielder, Kadeem was known to be equally good with both feet, with one coach stating, I'd say he's right-footed, hits the ball harder, but I've seen him do everything with his left. Drafted by the Chicago Fire in the fourth round of the 2014 MLS Super Draft, Kadeem spent the following eight years in the USL Championship, forging a successful career as a veteran midfielder. A native of New York City, where he started playing for Rosedale Soccer Club in Queens at age seven, Kadeem also competed for the U15, U17, and U18 United States national team. Kadeem, welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> What's going on, my guy? How's it going? How's it going? It's good, man. Listen, I got to capture everything. When, I, when I'm doing these introductions, it's no joke, man. I'm, I'm digging for hours to find... I find articles, I find, you know, I find I find LinkedIn's, I find <laughs> I find pictures. Listen, man, this show's uh, about, about you, so I gotta make sure to make it, you know, make sure I capture every accomplishment. So no, uh, that's dope. That's dope, man. Appreciate it. Glad <laughs> to be here for sure. Yeah, definitely. And before we even get into like, you know, how we know each other and, and obviously, you know, New York City and all that. You know, one thing I, I did want to point out, which is kind of again something I found pretty interesting when I was doing the uh, the introduction, and something that I I, I knew, but I kind of it, it refreshed my memory was was that that coach's statement about you being just equally good with both feet, and I was like, man, I think I remember. And I, I could be wrong, but I think I remember you actually like taking corners with both feet like i feel like I mean, you could correct me if i'm wrong maybe i'm i might be mistaken with someone else but I, I feel like i remember that nah there was definitely sometimes i was taking left-footed corner kicks for sure i still it's it's crazy because even like from a very very young age like people used to always ask me so kadeem are you left-footed i used to be like nah man i'm right-footed <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so even in that intro, okay. So, oh, I actually thought you were left. You were left footed. Oh my! Because <laughs> I don't know. I was when I did it. It was like I know you played left midfield, which I, I know obviously these days that doesn't really mean anything whether you're cutting in on the right or the left. But right. See, like I could have sworn. See, now I'm 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 like I'm questioning myself because I could. <laughs> it's been some years since we last played. So, yeah, but I feel like up. I certainly remember you doing a lot of things with that left foot yeah, more than man. the norm. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely, definitely. That's pretty dope. For anyone like listening who doesn't really know soccer, you know, you have some of the best players in the world, right? And and their weaker foot is just is is really just meant for standing. Like you know, you have you have somebody, you know, not to call out names, but Aryan Robin and man made a living on his left foot, and I, you know, I'd be surprised if he scored more than 10 goals with his right in his career. I'd be surprised. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so so the fact that 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 Kadeem was legit, like, either confusing coaches about which foot to use or even taking corners with both feet, that's that's shocking. Because a corner is like, you got to put the right spin on it. You got to put the right weight. Like, me taking a corner of my left foot would not be pretty. So, <laughs> shout out to you. <laughs> 
Nah, respect, respect. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I know Kadeem just kind of growing up, and I mentioned that he, you know, he started off at, at Rosedale in Queens. Definitely shout out Rosedale. And yeah, definitely just, you know, uh, some some battles growing up, whether it was like Albendale, Rosedale, or whether it was Gachi or Medova once we started getting to the academy phase. But, you know, Kadeem being a, a New York City guy. And, and one thing I'll point out too is, is, the battles that we had at the Metropolitan Oval home field. And um, for those from New York, you'll definitely know that field. But for anyone not listening, this field was like, I felt like this was just battleground. Like it was uh, it was a field just kind of in the middle of Queens. I think it was in Maspeth, if I'm getting that right. Yeah. And, um, and you would, it actually had like, from the top, it had a great view of, um, of the skyline, like the New York City skyline great view like i mean you can look it up google it especially during you know at night when they had night games or night practices man that skyline is lit up but you would just have to like walk down these like whether it's the steps or like walk down this like just kind of like this grass hill and then it was just like an enclosed it felt like enclosed like it really felt like you were playing in like an enclosed arena (laughs) um because you had to just kind of walk down these 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 steps and um and yeah man that's when uh I feel like there's some of the greatest games happen there. <laughs> nah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Definitely shout out to Medova as well. You know, yeah. uh, I feel like that's like kind of a mecca spot there in terms of like, you know, youth soccer and stuff along those Absolutely. lines. So Absolutely. definitely shout out to Medova. Yeah, yeah. And I think I feel like, you know, throughout the years, I, th- I know it started off as a grass field back in the day. And I'm sure they and I know they've redone the turf over the years. So uh, I know they put in some good work on that field. So, yeah. And and then even before that in Rosedale, maybe the theme of this might be home fields. Um, I remember Rosedale, so so Rosedale in Queens is is right by JFK, um, the mm-hmm. airport, John F. Kennedy Airport. And I remember, I think, I feel like maybe y'all had a couple fields, but I remember this one specific field that was like kind of in the weeds, I'm not going to lie. And, and you... I felt like the planes were legit almost landed on us. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. I mean, yeah, you literally feel like you could pick up a rock and just throw it onto the the freaking, you know, runway. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, definitely some good battles over there as well. And I know there's turf there now, but, I mean, when we were playing, especially in those battle days, it was like, dirt and oh, rocks absolutely. on that field glass <laughs> on that field i mean it was bad yeah but like they this. they made they made some changes over there and i'm, I'm happy to see it they, nice they nice got... i feel like this yeah yeah i feel like that's always how it is it's like you know once once we leave and everything then they redo everything make it all nice put down turf because i feel like there were a couple fields you know growing up in new york city where even like the field almost dictated how the game was going to go. Like if you were on a field with, with kind of like the the rocks, the dirt, like no matter what, even if the team wasn't physical, it, it would become a physical battle, right? Oh, like, that's I'm, a fact. I'm thinking, I'm thinking the Rosedale field. I'm thinking like Flush and Meadow Park back when before oh, it was yeah. turfed. Like those, <laughs> like um, these are these are like real legendary fields and queens where it was just like mm-hmm. no matter what was happening whether a team was a lot better or not like 
there was probably fights on that field. There was there was red cars. Like it, it got nasty. <laughs> everything, Every, everything. <laughs> oh, like, no, maybe if it was like a clean turf field that we actually got to play it, play and pass the ball around, like we wouldn't get so frustrated. You know, <laughs> wouldn't get so frustrated. Maybe, maybe even development might be a little right. bit different. Who knows? Like who knows? <laughs> no, absolutely. But no, it's, it's it's good to have you on, and just and just I had to I had to bring up the, a couple of those those memories because that that takes me back, as I'm sure it does you as well. So, facts, um, facts. no man, great to have you on, and happy to happy to really just kind of get this discussion going, man, and learn a little bit more. And and Kadeem is someone who uh, who who recently retired from the game, so it'd be great to to just kind of get his perspective as as again someone who's. Who's, who's recently hung up the boots and and uh, and talk a little bit about just your journey, man. And you had a, you know, I'll just I'll just throw it out there just before, you know, I forget that you had an absolutely great career. A lot of people, you know, straight from from college up until you know what, whether you had, I think it was like eight nine seasons, right? So so congrats to you, man, on a, just a wonderful career. No, I appreciate that, man. Seriously, means a lot for sure. Definitely, definitely. So listen, we'll get right into it. Um, <clears throat> why don't we start from the, the very beginning? Why don't you tell me a little bit about how you got into soccer and what initiated your love for the sport? Yeah, it's actually crazy, man, because, you know, I used to live in Brooklyn, New York, where basketball was kind of the thing that I was seeing a lot going down there. So, you know, I moved from Brooklyn to Queens when I was like, I would say six so I was still playing basketball, not like in a league or anything along those lines, but kind of like just in my backyard. But as the months went on, I would say after like three months of like being in Queens, one of my neighbors was like juggling a soccer ball. His name is Jonah Brown. He was juggling a soccer ball, doing tricks with the ball. I'm like, wait, yo, that's kind of fresh. So, <laughs> so, um, I definitely, you know, um, I went over to him. I was like, man, like, can you teach me how to do this? And, um, you know, he would teach me how to juggle and stuff along those lines. And then I would say that's kind of when I first started, you know, actually liking the game. Like, I was like, man, this is kind of fresh, you know. And then I met one of my other friends, um, Sam and Rosa as well, Archer, definitely a, a, a Rosedale legend for sure. He used to be on YouTube all the time, just watching, you know, Ronaldinho videos and, and stuff along those lines is where I actually really started to, to tap into the game. Because, I mean, if you're a Brazilian, if you're a fan of Brazilian football, you know what I mean? You know, that that Joga Benito is it's amazing to see. So from there, I, um, I was introduced to, to Rosedale Soccer Club where you know we we just previously talked about the field and stuff along those lines but you know we we grew up playing on the street you know we would set up garbage cans we would set up you know sneakers as as goals and you know literally we would put down stones uh for goals as well so you know we did all of that at a at a very very young age so like seven i was out there on the street Get, nearly getting hit by cars, like cars <laughs> <laughs> driving like crazy, crazy on the road. But those were like some of the best, best memories, I would say, like coming up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, listen, I think that's that's actually pretty unique. I haven't heard that yet in terms of 
the, the actual like the way you got into soccer like most 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 episodes i had so far it's either you know like they talk about like their parents and their background or i grew up with a ball at my feet i was kicking a ball since i was three so shout out to uh to jonah i think you said his name was right i mean no. if it wasn't for him this this uh this whole thing could have been different, huh? <laughs> exactly. Very, very different. So shout out. That's to really that. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, man. just kind of seeing a friend do it. And and I was going to say also, you know, you kind of coming into to Rosedale and and Rosedale, Queens, for, for anybody listening, is a big time Jamaican neighborhood. A lot of Jamaican Jamaican immigrants in, in Rosedale and that area of Queens. So, um, yeah, I don't think you kind of playing basketball would have lasted long there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a fact for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. Nice, and um, you know, kind of going back to 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 those times, and and maybe you could talk about a little bit, you know, because you actually, I mean, it sounds crazy to say that, like at seven or maybe eight, you started like a little bit late, but like you know, sometimes it kind of, in 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 a lot of soccer terms, it kind of is, right? I mean, most mm-hmm. people started out like the minute they could walk, like I said, like right. four or five, so. Talk a little bit about like when when you started getting like real serious about soccer and and what 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 was your you know I guess what you got to that point what was your dream what did you ultimately want to accomplish with soccer? Yeah, I mean, I would say at that U ten U eleven age, when I was still on Rosedale, I realized that I hated losing. We would lose. We would travel up to your field and we would lose to you guys in a game. I actually think that that was one of the first games I've ever cried now that I think about it. I think we lost against you guys, against Orbindale. We lost a game. And, I mean, I was pissed. I was absolutely pissed after this game. So I would say at that stage is when I realized, like, damn, I really love this game. And I hated losing. So I kept playing with Rosedale, kept playing with Rosedale, but – I I definitely felt like I needed more. Um, so, you know, I tried out for the state team. That was kind of around that U, U13 time is when I tried out for, for, for the state team. I ended up making the state team, but, you know, I also started to form new relationships. So if people don't know, when you were on the state team, it was kind of like, the best players, you know, in New York City for that age group. It was a very, very big deal. So I definitely met one of my close, close friends and rest in peace, but is when I met Junior mm. Eden Spinks at that time. Eden, uh, which is, you know, his name, we call him Junior. And then his dad is actually the one that brought me from Rosedale over to New York Coda. New York Coda, I personally feel like changed my life, changed the trajectory of my life, changed everything because we started to get really, really, really serious about the game from that young age. From 13 on, it was a wrap. Yeah. We literally breathed the game. You know, we trained extremely hard. We pushed one another during training sessions. Like, I mean, we had fights. Uh, and and we had players coming from all over, you know, background-wise. You know, we had Jamaican players, you know, Trinidadian players, Colombian players, anything, you name it. But we we formed one team, and 
I would say that was definitely the time that I saw there was a change in my behavior. I really wanted to train. Like I, I would be in school and all I would think about is soccer. So that's when I realized that I really and truly love this thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that, and and <clears throat> love that you brought up uh, brought up Hoda as well, and and Hoda, you know, was a team in 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 Queens that I think I think a lot of other teams didn't like. If I'm being completely honest, <laughs> one they were they were very whoa, whoa, good. Whoa, 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 we need to fix. We need we need to fix. We need to fix that up. Hoda, so Hoda wasn't in Queens. Hoda was in Franklin Square. Oh, that's Island. true. That is true. That is true. Like, it was like true. right there, kind right of on, yeah, the like on the border. Right, right, right. Yeah, You're right. Yeah, that's exactly. a good call. That's a good call. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll correct that. Yeah, so Hoda was, yeah, technically a Long Island team. And mm-hmm. um, yes, and they were doing big things. I mean, I remember they were, you know, they were going on trips and and, and they were really good. And um yeah, I think you know I'll, I'll go on record saying I think a lot of a lot of other teams or players were kind of envious a little bit because <laughs> it was like y'all were you know y'all were legit like young professionals talking like you know 11, 12 years old or, or however old we were at that time between mm-hmm. those the, and it was uh, yeah it was definitely a sight to see so <laughs> happy you brought that up happy you yeah, brought that up for sure. <laughs> And um, so that's that's when soccer kind of got a little bit more serious for you, and and um, you went on to, to to play in college. Talk about like you know maybe I know that you you know you you started off at, at a different college than where you ended. Talk about maybe where it was in in that point in college. Was there a specific moment where you were like, man, like I could take this to the to the next level? You know, I would say it was probably my my junior my junior year. You know, I saw a lot of players who, you know, I played with at the youth national team level. You know, I saw them getting drafted and, you know, going on to the MLS and stuff along those lines. So I was like, all right, I think that's the next step. So I should definitely uh, look to do that. You know, that was kind of the, the thing, you know, with soccer, you definitely wanted to see what was the next step all the time you know if guys were getting called into and i'm i'm backtracking now and and talking about you know youth stuff at the the u15 level especially like you know you always wanted to make the state team or the regional team and then you know eventually go on to the youth national team so you know while i was in college especially my junior year when i saw okay guys from the youth national team are looking to make that next step and that next step is you know getting drafted okay that's what i want to do yeah yeah nice nice Mm -hmm. and and i mentioned in the beginning you know you went on to have you know an an absolutely great career and just in you know in terms of what you did and also in terms of just longevity right and so what is there is there maybe just in your in your professional career is there one memory that stands out to you that you're just like man like this was the game of my life or like or like a memory where it's like yeah this was the this was the highest point where i was just i felt like superman in a way you know what i can't really pinpoint a specific game but what i am going to do is i'm going to talk about the regional tryout so crazy story me and my boy i don't know if you know uh akil rani we still talk about yeah. it to this day so you know at regional camp you know they would have the fields numbered so you know obviously if you were on field one like you were lit you know that's definitely yeah. the field you wanted to be on it was like 
the second to last day or maybe the last day we were on field four, right? We were on field four and then, you know, we were just like, damn, man, we think it's a wrap. We're not going to make this team. So we go back for lunch and we, instead of getting like cafeteria food, cause you know how they would have like cafeteria food for us. Yeah, yeah. We were like, you know what? Let's get Chinese. Like, you know what? It's whatever. <laughs> we're probably not going to make this team. So let's just get Chinese. So we ended up getting Chinese the next day. We, we, we go out. I think it was field either field four, field three. We both play out of our minds. Like we play amazing. I remember there was this one time, I mean, with the insole of my foot, like I, I like stepped on the ball, like the ball was in the air, but I like put force on the ball and piled a guy. Yeah. And if you guys don't know what pile means, it's Jamaican for like putting the ball over someone's head. <laughs> so, so I put the ball over uh, this kid, Travis Pittman, like I put it over his head. Every, everyone, everyone was going crazy. I hit a no look pass. And then this other kid, Ryan Finley scores. It was like a big, big deal. And then after that game, like I got moved up. And then one of the youth national team coaches spoke to me right up, like literally right after that, that uh, practice game in the regional tryouts. He's like, hey, I just want to let you know, you know, we're getting ready to have a, a mini camp with the U.S. Youth National Team. And that's something that I would want you to be a part of. So I think that was arguably like my one of my favorite, if not favorite soccer memories, because here I was on a field thinking like, you know, it's a wrap. I'm not going to make this team. And, you know, me and my boy were just like, yo, you know what? It's whatever. Let's just get Chinese. We're chilling. <laughs> um, we're, we're just tomorrow. We're just going to go out there and play. Whatever happens, happens. And like I ended up playing like out of my mind that day. So yeah. I think that's actually something that, you know, that, that people should actually take into account with just life in general, like you know, when you want something so bad, there's times where you can stress over it and put so much strain on yourself to achieve something. Whereas, you know what, if you're like, hey, you know what, let's, let me take a step back. Mm. Let me be in the moment. You know, I, I did what I had to do up until this point. It'll take care of itself. I wish mm. I had that mindset initially at that regional camp because maybe things would have would have been different or I don't know. Like yeah. maybe things would yeah. things 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 would have been different, especially, you know, further on in my in my journey, you know, if I, I feel like if I just had that mindset more, you know, it would have been great with a, yeah, with a lot of different things. Absolutely. No, listen, I appreciate, you know, uh, it's it's funny because like you know, a, a lot of the best memories uh, for for us for for a lot of people I talk to, and and I'm only about about thirty, so I would say, and most of my <laughs> guests are around this age, so I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. saying like you know we we still we have years of experience to talk about, but most of the 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 fondest memories come I would say like fifteen and under, like every time I talk to somebody about those memories, and and that's a good point, man, because it's just you know maybe it was just it was it was fun then, and it was just like 
you were just thinking about, I don't know, there was, there was less pressure. You were just, you were just mm-hmm. having fun and you were with your, your boys, right? People that, mm-hmm. that you might talk to for life. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and, you know, kind of, you know, even offline, we talked about how you, uh, you you last finished off at um is it is it Memphis FC is that yes Memphis Memphis nine hundred one Memphis nine hundred one right in mm-hmm. um in mm-hmm. in the USL championship and and you actually um you said offline that that was probably you know like the best year of your career and that that mm-hmm. also happened to be the last year of your career which was um in in twenty twenty one so you know what what was there was there a specific moment when you were like yeah. Uh, I think I think these these playing days are are, are coming to an end. Was there a specific moment where you came to that realization during the season? No, that wasn't that wasn't in my mind. You know, we made that was the first time I believe Memphis they they made the playoffs. You know, I uh, I I did well um, that year. I had I believe like I set a record like in assists and and stuff along those lines for the club. Um, and I, I feel like I think I was either top three or top five in the in the whole USL in assists on the year. Mm. So, yeah, that wasn't really on my mind thinking about retirement. I would say that that didn't come until after the season, you know, just seeing options and, and, and seeing what the market was like at the time like opportunities was just going down and going down um which was which was surprising because you know i thought that i had a a good enough year to to go in the market and potentially find you know a better situation whereas that wasn't the case my only my only option was uh was to go back there um that i would say concrete option was to go back there. There were talks with, with other clubs, but those discussions fell through. So I would say, yeah, at the end of the, <clears throat> at the end of the seasons, when I knew like, man, it might be a wrap. It yeah. might be a wrap. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and listen, I don't think that's, um, you know, that's definitely not, not, an, not an easy thing to accept, especially if, you know, it sounded like you were still playing like, you know, prime ball in terms of, in terms of what you were doing on the field and, and also kind of dealing with, with maybe, as you mentioned, a little bit of a disappointment, right. And, and, um, and the fact that, that other things didn't really, really open. And I'm sure that that, you know, maybe being that that was your last season, I'm sure that that played a part in, in, in you ultimately making that decision. So, you know, you're about, uh, I would say a little bit over, over a year out of the game and, and, and what, 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 like, for example, what was that that time period like when when you you know you you made that decision to to hang up the boots for good and and just that that overall transition process? How would you describe that for you? Yeah, I would say I realized that I wasn't gonna have another opportunity uh, until uh, I would say February February of um, of twenty two, which is like kind of around the time for preseason stuff along those lines, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't hearing anything concrete and positive back. So I was like, you know what, I'm about to apply for, you know, uh, some jobs in the tech space, which is what I'm in now. And, you know, I've been doing that coming down on at the end of this week makes 10 months uh, since I've been in the space. And uh, surprisingly, I like it. I actually do like, um, the space it's fun it keeps me motivated because obviously you know you know with soccer especially 
as an attacking player, you have you have numbers that you have to to meet and uh, and achieve. So I feel like in uh, in this field as well, it gives me that same kind of drive and motivation to do the to do the same thing. So it's definitely a blessing that I've used some of my skills and some of the things that I've learned with soccer, you know, in this new space. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And congrats to you, you know, for, for kind of making that transition fairly quickly too. You know, it seems like you kind of hopped right into soccer, into the, uh, uh, he's wearing his uh, his tech headset right now. That's why you can hear him so clearly. So, <laughs> it sounds like you uh, you know you made that that transition pretty pretty e- uh, pretty. I don't want to say easily, but you know you made it kind of almost naturally. You know, and, and finding that other competitive kind of spirit to 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 kind of put your put your mind into. You know, looking looking back at it, and and now you you kind of have time, I guess, to reflect on on so many different things. You know, from your soccer career to what you're doing now, and 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 you also have you know a uh, a baby boy as well so so congrats mm-hmm. to you again on on, Appreciate uh, it. on your baby boy eight months old so you know you're obviously doing a, a lot of different things just just uh, you know just with life in general <clears throat> you know but you did deal with a, a bit of disappointment you know in, in at certain times looking back at it you know is there anything that that you would do possibly to um, like like a maybe any sort of decisions that you made or or any Anything that 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 kind of had a certain outcome. Is there anything that that you feel like you would do if you had, let's say, a magic wand and you could go back in time to to sort of either change the outcome or, or change the result? You know, I do feel like there was a there was a time in my career where things kind of pivoted in a way. In twenty fifteen, after my twenty fifteen season, uh, when I was playing in Louisville, you know, I. Uh, I tried to get a move out of Louisville Hmm. and I, I thought I had a really good season and I had, you know, people hitting me up saying, Hey, I can get you here. Well, agents hitting me up saying, Hey, I can get you here. Hey, I can get you there. And I was like, Hey, I was telling my agent, Hey, like, I think you need to get to work because mind you, I had an agent. And, you know, he was promising me things, but not fulfilling on the things that he was promising me. So I said, hey, maybe it's time to jump ship and, you know, work with someone else. Ended up training with Minnesota United in 20, after my 2015 season, I ended up training with uh, Minnesota United early 2016. They were interested this new agent said that, hey, you know, they want to do a transfer for you to come to to Minnesota. But I was under contract with Louisville. So that's where things got tricky. Here I have another agent that I'm actually signed with um, that's trying to, you know, interfere with what this other agent put into place. And it was it was kind of hard because the two clubs were actually doing the negotiations, trying to get me to go. It fell through. And I was very, very disappointed in that whole situation because I would say, you know, I was, I was extremely motivated after that year that I wanted a move. I was hungry. And, you know, that was Minnesota's last season before they went to the MLS. Right. Um, That was their last NASL season before they went to the MLS. 
Now, if people don't know, like the NASL was a very respectable league. You know, players were making decent wage in that league. Like, and when I'm saying decent wages, I'm saying like some good change in that league. You know, I was I was looking to get that move. I want I wanted that type of move. I was hungry for it. The move went south, didn't happen. So I have to report back to Louisville. Obviously, I I didn't, in a way, I didn't want to report back to Louisville because I I thought Louisville would, you know, allow me to take this kind of uh, chance on. You know, it was in in theory, it was kind of like it was a tryout for, you know, their MLS team. They brought players up to the MLS from that team, from that roster. So I was very, very disappointed. You know, the coach promised me that he was going to do what he had to do to make sure that I can go. But that wasn't the case. The club said they were saying they were planning things for me. And, you know, they were they were trying to make, you know, this whole situation uh, for that year, like trying to build it around me. But it was it was brutal when I went into preseason. The coach singled me out in front of all all the players said yeah like you know there's a club trying to get Kadeem right now but you know um we don't you know and I said that I'm gonna work with him to try to get him to go just being nasty with me during the preseason it was extremely frustrating I couldn't properly focus on my football because here I want to move and, you know, I'm also getting yelled at by, you know, by the coach at the same time. So, yeah, yeah. And it's just funny because he ended up getting a situation a few years later to promote his career. And when the time was ready, he ended up leaving. Uh, he ended up leaving the club. You understand, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if I had to do anything differently, I would say in that time, I could have went about it a better way. Uh-huh. I could have been a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit mindful of, yeah. you know, my, my, especially my body language. I wear my heart on my sleeve. So when something's not going my way, you're going to see it. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I can't, that's something that I can't hide. So if I had to go about it a different way, probably like my attitude during that situation could have been better gotcha, because it yeah. was it was a it was a very, very tough period for me yeah. during that time. No, listen, I think that's 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 just great insight into into, um, you know, just kind of almost like the ugly nature of, of professional sports sometimes, you know, and the, and the different things that you have to deal with, whether it's, you know, agents or coaches, you know, you, obviously you're trying to. And, and it's and it's tough, you know, I can only imagine because you're trying to do your best on the field. And for me, like, I know how I am, too. And when there's like outside factors or, you know, you're, you're feeling a little isolated or anything like that. Like, I know for me, that would affect my ability. And, you know, I'm sure that that's kind of taught you as as does as does really any sport, you know, growing up and, and playing at any level, like, you know, dealing with with disappointments. I feel like as athletes, we're dealing with disappointments on the daily, whether from a small scale of like not playing this game to a larger scale of you know, not getting signed to a team that you thought you were going to, right? Or 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 just having to make a career shift. So 
I'm sure that you've learned, you know, many lessons along the way. And as you're now in, in that sport, you know, that kind of sport retirement in that transition phase. But, you know, we'll, we'll kind of end it off here. If you could give one piece of advice, you know, for anybody uh, who may be listening to the show, whether it's um, athletes playing currently or athletes that recently transitioned into sport retirement, if you can give one piece of advice about, you know, sport retirement and the transition process to, to, to a person, what, what would you say that one piece would be? Hmm. Uh, man, just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy the highs. Enjoy the lows. Just enjoy it. Like if you're not going through highs and lows, you're not living. You understand what I'm saying? And I feel like at the end of the day, that's truly what life is all about. Going through life with, with an e kind of like an even keel spirit and vibe about situations Tough times don't last, they say, but tough people do. Mm -hmm. And when you do achieve something or, or get a win, don't get too high on that high because you can, you can definitely be, be humbled real soon and real quick. So that's pretty much all I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, I haven't heard that. Like, uh, if I can repeat it correctly, uh, tough times don't last for tough people too. I like that. I like that. <laughs> There's a few quotes I've heard on this, on this podcast that I'm like, I just got, I'm, I'm keeping a little, a little, uh, a little notepad in my head where it, it okay, keeps coming okay. back to me. That's going to be one of them. So, um, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that line sure, of advice. Sure. Listen, man, I think, I think there's probably the, 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 a good point to, to hold it off at. And, you know, again, Kadeem, you know, really one, I just want to say, I appreciate just how, how real and how honest you were about, you know, your own situations, right. And, and dealing with different situations and, and, and really just kind of introducing us or, or you know, explain it to us just kind of how, how it really can be and how, how things can, because I think certain things can, can look real different from the outside, you know, in, in professional sports. And, and a lot of people don't realize just kind of the, you know, some of the, the trials and tribulations that athletes must have to go through even off the field. Right. So, and just in that lifestyle. So listen, man, appreciate your, just your honesty and, um, you know, just, 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 uh, your whole story. I think it was, it was great starting from how you started off with soccer, you know, transitioning from basketball, which I think was a great move into, uh, into now, <laughs> <laughs> into now your, uh, your job in the tech space, man. So listen, keep up the good work, man. It was, it was so good to, to talk to you after this much time. And it was just, it was great seeing you, man. And I'll see you next time you're in New York, hopefully. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, bro.